Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, welcome. So good to be with you guys. Also want to welcome those of you watching online today. Uh, today we're going to have the encore of the DNA series. It's about living it out. And now often with an encore, what they do is they bring back out the main act. I mean, usually, most of the time, quite every time. Today, though, is special, right? Pastor Jeff will be back next week, though, kicking off the brand new series, Moving Mountains, talking about overcoming the obstacles in our life. Come back for that with a friend. That's next week. Today, though, I want to take a minute and reflect on this DNA series that we've been through over the last several weeks and unpack it a bit. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot to process. And sometimes you need a moment to just kind of, whew. Every, every weekend, I would be standing out here at the doors. You would walk out and people would walk by and be like, whoa. Pastor Jeff, man, he was on fire today. You know, somebody walked by, man, that was the best message I have ever heard. The next week, no, no, that was the best message I've ever heard. Because what you heard coming out, you, you heard what Pastor Jeff in our house, what we're passionate about. And you felt that. You got to see what motivates us, those distinctives that describe the Milestone family. You know, nobody's benefited more than the distinctives of Milestone than my family. And that's just because I've been here the longest. Some of you know, don't know this, but my wife and I, we were invited to Milestone the very first weekend Milestone Church ever existed. We walked into Indian Springs Middle School. We met a few of you here, they're part of the church plant team. And then we had dinner that week with Pastor Jeff and Brandy. I remember sitting down with him and him describing some of the distinctive, some of the things that he felt God had put in his heart for a church in this region. And as he was sharing some of these distinctives, I remember thinking, man, that really sounds great, and that does too, but I just, I've never seen something like that. Fifteen years later, 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 <laughs> hey, it's early, there may be more to come of that, but fifteen years later, probably to the weekend, Milestone Church, fifteen years old, and I do see it because I'm seeing you here today living it out. So those are the things that uh, describe us, our distinctives. I want to do a little, little recap, a little reflection here. If you remember week one, the first one we started with was DNA one. People matter to God. And if people matter to God, then they matter to us. And then week two, we talked about your destiny is tied to relationships. That God sets the lonely in family. Right, that we are a spiritual family here at Milestone Church and you never quit alone. And so God places you in a family to walk out all that he has for you. And then week three, we talk about character over charisma. Here at Milestone, man, we, want, we care more about what God's doing in you than even what he wants to do through you. It starts with what he's doing in you and then what he wants to do through you comes in time. But it starts with that character. And then week four, we talk about the local church is the hope of the world. It's God's plan A. It's what he's building. If it's what he's building, we're going to be part of what he's building DNA 5, we talk about more than servants, we're sons and daughters. We talk about the affirmation of the Father, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And that when you understand that your daddy really is the king of the universe, you walk into a room with a different kind of confidence. And then week 6, we talked about the presence of God is irresistible. We truly believe that a moment in God's presence can transform your life. We believe that when we have an authentic environment of worship and engaging God, when it's sincere and real and coming from our heart to his, that even somebody far from God can walk in and pick up on that and say, man, there's something about this that I desire. 
Week seven, we talked about generosity transforms. We saw that the heart of God is a giver. We, never, we don't look more like God than when we're a giver. In our environment here, I encourage you, model this, show this. As you bring your guests, your friends, we have that guest suite out there. That's the whole point of the guest suite is so when you bring a friend, you can just model God's heart for them. The generosity, we love them and resource them and serve them, give them stuff when they come in. And then finally, last week, we wrapped it up with one of the highlights of the series with Jesus plus nothing equals everything. The supremacy of Christ, that he is in all and above all and he's holding all things together. You see, even with the tensions of our nations and the shootings and the storms and the rumors of war, the brokenness of our world that we're seeing on display, we can trust in the fact that God is holding those broken pieces together in the palm of his hands and it's going to be all right because it's in his hands. That describes a little bit of who we are some distinctives. Funny, this last week, my daughter was actually asked by her teacher to describe who her family is. The assignment was in two sentences, describe your family. And so the homework came home, and my wife sent me this picture. Write two sentences about what your family is like. My family is crazy sometimes. <laughs> I have a fun family. So that, I guess this is the DNA of the chestnut household. We're crazy, but we have fun, okay? <laughs> Today I want to talk about how we live these out, and I've shared with you that this is what motivates Pastor Jeff, and maybe you're thinking, okay, that's what he's passionate about. Maybe some of you pastors, some of the core people here, but how do I, how do I get excited about it? How do I get passionate about living these things out in my life? What I've found is we tend to do what we want to do. And so to do what we want to do or do something different, we've got to change our want to. Otherwise, whatever we're trying to do, it's just going to be temporary. So we've got to change this want to. And there are things that you want to do. There are things that you're passionate about now. And I found that when we get into what God's into, he gets into what we're into, and we want him into what we're into. So how does this work? Well, you probably know this already. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then give us this day our daily bread. It starts off with his will and his kingdom and then he gives us what we need. Matthew 6, 33 just keeps going. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things will be given to you as well. You see that all these things, these things, we want these things but we can't get them any other way then by prioritizing his kingdom because the purpose, the fulfillment, the joy, that satisfaction that comes only through him only comes by way of us focusing and putting his kingdom agenda first in our lives. I know I'm still a little ambiguous, so let me give you this illustration to help. How many of you have been on a mission trip? Real quick, hands up. Who's been on a mission trip? Anybody been? Okay, hands down. A lot of you guys here. Some of you haven't been. Let me tell you, this is, it's a crazy phenomenon here. This is what happens. This is, it's crazy. So it starts off with there is a destination, a group of people that you feel a burden to go and to serve, to go and to, to share the gospel with. And so you go to your boss and you tell him, hey, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to go minister to these people. And they're like, okay, well, that's going to be some vacation time. Oh, vacation time. Okay. All right. And so now you're saying, I'm going to go here rather than go to the beach. Okay, I'm going to do And then it's like the people that you're going to minister to, they're not paying your way. They're not like, hey, so we're going to send money. Come help us. No, you've got to pay your own way on your vacation time. And then you have to prepare medically. 
You have to go to the doctor and get like all these malaria pills you got to take. And then you get these shots, right? Hepatitis A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And you're like, look, I'm going to behave. Like what? I mean, it's just a mission trip, right? You know? And so, but you get the shots, you got the pills, and you get trained up, and then you go. And as you go to wherever you're going, you get to the accommodations, and they are not five-star. They're not. They don't have no stars. They're at all, right? And it's like, okay. And then to build influence with the people, you, you, you got to serve them first, right? They don't know how much, they don't care what you know until they know what you care. And so then you're, you're okay, we're going to do manual labor. Okay, this is way different than my little keyboard job. Okay, and so you're shoveling, you're digging, you're pouring concrete, you're building buildings, you're doing vacation Bible, you're doing all this stuff. You're working so hard, you're going back to those horrible accommodations, you're caught in the mosquito net, you're trying to sleep, you wake up the next day, you go back at it again. After a few days, though, you build some rapport. And then you begin to pray for some people. And then one of the leaders on the trip says, hey, well, I want you to share your testimony. You're like, I've never shared my testimony before. I've never shared what God's done. And so here you got, you got five kids right there and you're sharing your testimony. And man, you ask, hey, does anybody here want to receive Jesus? And one of them raises their hand and you pray with them and you led, led your first person to Christ and you're so excited and you're, now you're getting pumped up and you're praying for people. You're out of your comfort zone. You're so excited. You're feeling, man, God is with me. God's helping me. And you do this for the rest of the week. You get on a plane, you fly back. And after paying your own way and taking vacation time and getting all those shots and pills and being trained and working harder than you ever worked, eating food you don't know if it was good to eat or not, drinking water you think there's a worm growing in your belly now, and your friend comes up to you and they say, hey, how was your week? After all that, it was the most amazing week of my life. It was the best week of my life. Why is that? Well, I propose to you, I think it's because for that week, that individual centered on seeking first the kingdom of God. They partnered with Jesus in the great commission in the earth that when he saved them and filled them, he called them into what he is doing in the earth. It's the great commission. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus gathered them to him. He said, listen, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And behold, I'm going to be with you always, even to the very end. That's the great commission. That's the mission that God calls us into to live with him when he saves us. And living this mission then ruins you to anything else. It's like a plane that's grounded. It's meant to fly. Once you're a Christ follower, believer, and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, you are ruined to being fully satisfied, fully fulfilled by anything else. You could race a car. You could climb a mountain. You can build a company. You can do a great... All these things will be second to really you seeing God partner with you in his mission in the earth. So my thesis is this. I believe that you can have this sense of fulfillment and joy and purpose in your life, but sleep in your bed. Go to your job and get paid. Eat the food you want to eat. But every day, wake up with a sense of, all right, God, I get to do this with you today. What are you going to do in my life today? Some of you though, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not really evangelistic. I'm not one of those types. I'm not extroverted. I'm not, and I get it. When we think of being missional or evangelistic, there are some hangups. There's some mindset hangups. There are some method hangups that we have. Part of the mindset is we picture this type of person that's doing this, and it's like we picture one of these big crusades and the evangelist up there, right? The big suit, the big Bible, the big voice, big hair, big smile, right? And a big altar call, and it's like, ah, that's just... That's not me. Or we picture the guy down the street corner. And you're like, I don't even have a bullhorn. Like, I don't know if you die, you know, like, 
does that work? I mean, really? Or the methods of just going door to door, you know, and just, if, okay, hey, hello, if you died tonight, would you go to, and they're like, is that a threat? Like, I'm calling the cops. Like, what? <laughs> right? You're like, I'm just not going to, to do that. Right, I know there's, there's one I was looking at once, there's this method, and it's like you walk them through, and it's, it just, you, you, you apply these things to people you care about, and then they break down, right? You're like, okay, I would do that to a stranger, but I don't know if I'd do that to actually somebody I care about. And it's like, okay, all right, according to what you're telling me, you are an adulterous, idolatrous, lying, thieving, murder, mom, are you listening? Like, I'm trying to, you know, help. it's just not, not going to work, right? And then, right, so, so what do we do? Well, let's look at what Jesus did. Let's go, let's, go to our, let's go to our leader. Let's go to Jesus. Let's see how he did it. In your Bible, Luke 15. I want you to read with me here. We're going to read. He's telling some stories here. And it says, Luke 15, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the New Testament, verse 1. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. He welcomes sinners and eats with them. What an awesome accusation, right? I'm like, some of you are like, I'm more like Jesus than I thought. <laughs> WWJD, okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. They love being around Jesus. Verse 3, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Then he keeps going, another story. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then he keeps going. He tells a third story now. So Jesus continued. There's a man who had two sons. Maybe you know this story. Two sons, and one son comes to him and says, Hey, Dad, can I get my inheritance early? Dad's like, Sure, here it is. Son takes his inheritance, goes off. He wastes his inheritance, what the Bible calls wild and lewd living. A famine comes, he's, on his, he's, he's in bad shape, he finds himself in a pigsty, fighting for food with the pigs, and he comes to his senses and remembers, you know what, my dad's a good man. I'm going to go back and be a servant in my dad's household and work for him. So he makes his way back home, and the Bible says while he was still a far way off, his father, though, he sees him coming, and his father runs to him and embraces him. He takes his coat and he puts it on his son's shoulders. He takes his ring and puts it on his hand. He says, kill the fattened calf. We're having a party. Rejoice with me for my son who once was lost, now is found. We've got a lost sheep. We've got a lost coin. We've got a lost son here. Jesus who says, boom, boom, boom. So I'm trying to get through to you. I'm trying to help you see the Father's heart. I'm trying to wake you up to the reality of what God's heart beats for here. Have you ever lost a your wallet, all of a sudden you get awoken to the reality. Okay, where's that at? Okay, those credit cards, did I make copies of those? I was supposed to do that, I didn't do that, right? You're, you're concerned, right? You're alarmed, you're, you just wake up to the reality here of what God's doing. Jesus is showing us this, this is what all of heaven cares about. He's saying, this is what I'm about, seeking and saving that which is lost. And when you begin to understand God's heart, 
and God lives in you and then your heart begins to care about what he cares about, those celebrations in heaven become the same things that you celebrate in your own life. So here's my point I want you to grab hold of. When we get God's heart, when this becomes part of who we are, evangelism is not just something we we do, it's how we live our lives. When we get God's heart, and for some of you, you need to be like me, like, because I don't generally just naturally love people. I had to grab a hold of God's ankle and say, I'm not letting go until I actually care about people. Let me get your heart for people. But when we get that, then it's just how we live our lives. We don't turn it on and off. It's just part of who we are. When we believe people matter to God, when we believe Jesus plus nothing equals everything, we don't have to do anything special. We just do us. But when we do us, when you do you, man, it stands out in this world. And I love hearing your stories of you doing this, of you living this way in our community and in the life change that happens. So I'm going to get real practical with you. I'm going to real practically show you what it looks like when we're living this out in our community. The first thing, it's, it looks like sitting in the stands differently. You're like, what? Sitting in the stands differently. Our community here, we've got a lot of stands. We got stadiums, we got ball fields, we got natatoriums, we got gymnasiums. We got a lot of stands. And but somebody that's living this out, man, they sit in the stands differently. So many of you in this church are here because somebody sitting in those stands beside you took the time to love you, serve you, invite you into what God's doing here. A missional Christian, they sit in the stands differently. Yeah, they're cheering on their kid, but they're also listening and watching. They're hearing, okay, this person just moved here. Okay, this person here is facing a hard time right now. This person here is looking for this. I can help them with that. And you begin to serve. Look, a missional mama in the stands, man, it's just a, it's just a game changer. I coached for years because I wanted to get to the ball fields because that's where the people are. Here, I mean, I've never played baseball in my life, but I coached those boys until they were 12U. At 12U, it was like, Coach, you don't know what you're talking about. You're right. Yeah. You're... <laughs> we, we, we learned baseball already, like in blast ball, Coach. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but those of you who are in the baseball, man, it's an intense thing as you get 12U and up, some of these select leagues, and you get out there, man, it gets intense. It gets heated in those stands, right? You know, you got the coaches going, all right, Coulter, Dixon, Brock, okay, boys, heads up, let's go. All right, hold them, fire it in there now. Don't, don't aim, just throw. Don't aim, just throw. Okay, and then so you get people in the stands, you know, cheering as well. And so we're there at the game one time. My wife, she's there in the stands, and then my son's up there, you know, to bat. And then my wife's like, good cut, Stephen. What did you say? Good cut? Do you know what a cut is? No. <laughs> Honey, stay in your lane, okay? Just stay in her lane, her lane is awesome. She's praying, she's reaching these moms and stuff. And there was a real cool moment we had a few years back where there was a single mom on our team. We knew she was going through a tough time. We're trying to figure out how do we, you know, reach out. And so she's in the stands and she's just praying, God, how do I, how do I invite her? How do I reach out without, you know, coming across where? And she's, how do I do? And then my daughter, I think it was Kara, she just turns around to her mom and says, hey, mommy, are we going to church Saturday or Sunday? And this lady perks up. You guys go to church? Where do you go to church? Can I go? Where, where, where? Right? A Mr. Mom there is praying. 
Next thing, it looks like practically, it looks like routining differently. We live it out, we're routining differently. And you're like, is that a word? It is now, yeah. Hey, <laughs> routining differently. You know, where you, you go to your kids' school or where you go to school or the restaurants you eat at or the shops you shop, the routines of your life, you do it differently. Begin to see the people and you begin to say, God, what are you, what are you doing here? Right, wherever you're at, God, what are you doing here? These people you consistently put in my life, what are, what are you doing here in life? What, open my eyes to what you're doing. Show me how I can begin to serve them, love them. My wife and I went to a restaurant literally for over two years every week. Same restaurant. I do like patterns. We're going to every week the same place. But there was a guy there that I had a burden for. His name was Tyler. He was a server there. And we'd go in. I'd be like, hey, can we sit in Tyler's section? And so sometimes we got in Tyler's section. Sometimes he wasn't there. And, you know, so we just kept going. After a couple of years, you know, okay, building bridges, talking things and talking about the Bible. And he kind of locked on to the Bible. He's like, you know, I've always wanted to know the Bible. I'm like, really? I'm like, I can teach you the Bible. He's like, you'll teach me the Bible? I'm like, yeah, I know, I know Bible. Right, I got real weird, you know, probably all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> you know, just, and so I was like, okay, let's meet, you know, once a week and I can teach you the Bible. And so we started doing that. And after a few weeks, he didn't just learn the Bible. He learned Jesus, right? And Tyler gave his life to Christ and got saved. And you know the crazy thing about this whole thing? We went there two years straight. I thought it was this Caesar chicken tacos that was drawing me. It was Tyler because when he got saved, we have never been back. Isn't that crazy? We've never been back. No need to. Tyler got saved. We found some other tacos. All right. Now we're praying for Blanca at Chelosa. Okay. Anyways, let's keep moving. Hey, y'all don't go there. It's already too busy. Don't go there. It's horrible. Don't go. All right. Now, practically another one here is that we're working differently. Working differently. When we're living out these values, when we're not doing evangelism, it's just how we live our lives. We're working differently. Our ride to work is different. I challenge you with this on Monday. If you want to have a little bit more purpose, fulfillment in what you do, drive to work and just pray, okay, God, who's one person today? Just put a name on my heart, one person. You know, not that annoying one. Oh, that one, okay, okay, okay. All right, uh, all right, pray for him on your way to work. And I promise you, when you get to work and you see them, they're going to look different, right? And then you pray for them, and then you get some real courage. And you're like, you just throw it out there. Hey, you know, I just, you know, I just pray on the way to work. And if you ever have anything you want me to pray for, just let me know. I'll add it to the list, pray for you. you okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, man, okay, care. They may tell you something. Well, we got this challenge with my child. We have this challenge with this. We have this income thing. We have this house. Okay, I'll pray. And then you pray for them. And there's a crazy thing. This is the craziest thing about prayer. You ever, when, when you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, just, this is where it all breaks down. I mean, just catch this. You got notes, take notes here. When you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, the key, the key, or don't miss it, don't miss it because we, we miss this one. The key is to, to pray for them, right? <laughs> right? To really pray for them. Not say, yeah, we'll pray for you, but to actually to do it. And when you do it, what happens is God begins to do something in you. He begins to do something in that situation. And then there's a little follow-up. And then, hey, fill me in on how that, that situation is going. Oh, thanks for really praying for me. And then you must really care about me. And then you watch what God's done. And now you've got this spiritual bridge to this person. And you can see God do some awesome things in your workplace. The gentleman uh, in our church, he texts me on Friday this text. I thought this was the most awesome thing. This gentleman's only been saved for a year. 
but he's leading a men's group, a biblical foundations men's group at his workplace. They all go to lunch and then come back. But he sent me this text. He says, pretty amazing day today. I led one of the guys in my work small group to surrender to Christ today on the drive back to work. Oh, that's all, right? It's like, what? That's amazing. Right, and so this guy, I guarantee you, this guy's a high achiever and he works in one of the roughest industries. But I'm telling you, he's not just concerned about hitting those goals and climbing that ladder. You know what he's excited about? You know what he's putting his head on his pillow that night? You know what he's thinking about? That smile on his face, that joy in his heart, that sense of purpose and what he's doing. It's because of this, right? We can do this every day. And then finally, it looks like neighboring differently. I think neighboring may be a word, actually. I'm horrible at this one, just to be honest with you guys. I think we get more selfish the closer we get to our home. Part of that, I think, is the fact when I move into a neighborhood, they put out an alert, like, Pastor, Pastor at 1024, her alert, 1024, Pastor, Ned Flanders, 1024, right? <laughs> I got this neighbor. Like, they could have lights on, party going on, I mean, and just I'll knock, and it's like blackout, right? It's like a 10-year-old home alone. Nobody's here, <laughs> you know? It's like, you just gave yourself up, right? You know, <laughs> it's just no answer. I'm like, this is comical. But that's just one neighbor. Like, a lot of my neighbors are in the church and love you guys and thank you for answering the door. <laughs> but uh, it's just that one, praying for him, praying. God's going to do something. But some of y'all are real awesome. Look at the Ryans over here. I know they did a movie night. They did. They got a screen out, invited their neighbors over and just, hey, come on over, guys. We're going to do a movie night in our backyard. Oh, somebody here, they did an ice cream truck just around the neighborhood. Right, free ice cream, follow me, right? It's what a cool way to serve your neighbors. But I heard somebody last week, I talked to somebody right back here, their neighbors with the dolls, but they told me they were pulling out of their parking lot and or their driveway and all these cars were pulling out and they're just following them through Marshall Ridge. And they said, all the cars pulled into Milestone, so they just came too. <laughs> all right, and I met them. Isn't that cool? He's study all in Marshall Ridge, just so cool. Another thing that we do here, which I think is awesome, is these welcome boxes. When you move, one way that you can serve your neighbors is you need to know that Milestone does it. You're trying to figure out a gift for your neighbor when they move in. We've got the gift for you. We've got these Milestone welcome boxes. These things are awesome. I can't show you what's inside or you'd sell your house and try to move, right? But it's, it's, it's good stuff, right? We want to bless our neighbors. And so there's a lady in the church. I might have heard her story, but it was really cool because her and her grandson passed out a bunch of these, met a family, and then they were in church a few weeks ago. They turned around for the meet and greet, and they shook hands with the same couple that they had given a box to and invited to Milestone. So this is a cool thing that you want to get involved in this and help to invite your neighbors as well. All right, I got a story here, and then I'm going to go wrap this thing up. But uh, speaking of neighboring, we had a gentleman in the church, his name was Josh, and he uh, invited me to lead a small group in his home. He was going to host it, and my wife and I were going to lead it. And so we're there, and he began to tell us, hey, the reason why I want to do this small group here also is because my neighbors are really awesome, and I'm praying for them, and I want to invite them to Milestone. And, just, and so let's do the group here. And he always walks his dog at like 7. And so if we can wrap this thing up, you know, around them, we can all just make it look natural, but, you know, walk out. You know, and so, okay, we're doing the group, and 7 o'clock, you know, okay, he's out. You know, you know, we dismiss, we kind of walk out, try to be cool. Like, you know, hey, well, so we're just leaving the group, you know, just done. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and we meet Brandon and Brandon, we get a relationship going. And Brandon and his wife, Leslie, they do end up coming to Milestone. And so they're coming for a couple of weeks. And then 
Brandon reaches out and is like, hey, I got some questions. Can we go to lunch or something? I'm like, sure, yeah. And so we go to lunch. And so this is at the old building, and my office is right next to this Italian restaurant. So we go to this Italian restaurant. We're sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, what's his question going to be? What's he going to ask? Okay, I must be ready. And he's like, hey, uh, how, do I, how do I know God? Like, you want to know God, like a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Like, you want to get saved, born again, right, set free from your sin? Like, and it got weird again, right? I'm like, okay, be cool, be cool, you know? And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I want, I want all of that. I want all that. And my wife, she does too. Okay. I'm like, I can, I can, I can lead you to Christ. I'm like, but here, I want to show you in the Bible, like my, right next door, I, my Bible. I want to walk you through Romans. I want to show you from Scripture how you're born again. And she's okay, great, you know? And I'm like, okay, let's just finish our meal. And I'm thinking, Jesus, just like 10 minutes, wait. Please, don't come back. Like, you know, I'm like, Brandon, give me your knife. Why? Just because, just anything crazy. You chew your food. This is real, you chew real good, right? Swallow well, you know, just, just kind of preserve this guy for 10 more minutes, you know, just make sure. And so we go back to my office and get my Bible out and I'm going to share with him the gospel. And for some of you, you've never maybe have done that before. You've never shared the gospel with somebody. You, you don't necessarily know how to do that. Some of you here, you're like, I've never, I don't really know, the, I don't know how to receive. I, I had lunch with a guy a few weeks ago and he said, I, I, I want to know God. I just don't know how, how that works, right? And so I want to help both of you here. The group that wants to know how to share, but also for some of you here that have been kind of watching this thing, how do I get this relationship with God? I want you to see it. And so, like my kids, I've been watching the, you know, Magician's Secrets Revealed, right? I'm going I'm to show you how this all works. And it's not a magic trick. It's a miracle. In fact, it's the greatest miracle of all mankind. It's the only thing that can actually change the human heart, the human condition. It's the only thing that can make, take somebody from lost to found, from separated from God to a relationship with him, from hell to heaven for all of eternity. It's the most amazing miracle, and it just comes through a series of just acknowledgments and beliefs and confessions. So I'm going to walk you through, and so you are equipped either to know Jesus or to lead somebody to Jesus. All right, so we're going to go to the book of Romans. And the first thing you got to point out, and I pointed out to Brandon when I brought him back to my office, is, hey, there's a problem. And that problem is sin. Your sin separates you from God. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Your sin separates you from God. And so it's not, when you approach sin, it's not like, okay, is there more good than sin? It's not proportional. If there's any sin, you're sinful. Right? It's not comparison. I'm not, I'm not as sinful as that person, so am I good? No, if there's any sin, your sin, it separates you from God. But there's good news because God has a solution to this. The, co- the cross demonstrates God's love for you. Romans 5.8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That was God's solution to our sin problem. Sent his son Jesus to die for us in our place, our sin on the cross. And then what a great way to show us how much he loves us than to give his own life for us. But now there's a gift that we have the opportunity to receive. You can receive this through Jesus Christ. 6.23 here says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is a gift that we can receive by faith. Just like if I put out a gift for you, you would have to take that gift. So but you can receive this gift that God has for you. So you may ask, well, how do I receive the gift? Well, it's just by our response. You make Jesus the Lord of your life and believe. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so when you make him Lord, you're saying, okay, I'm making you the boss, making you the most high thing. Jesus, take the wheel. It's yours. Then you also believe that God raised him from the dead. That means that he died for your sins, but also he has victory over your sins because he was raised from the dead. And you pray this confession. And I did that with Brandon right there. I said, okay, Brandon, let's, let's pray this. Let's pray this right here. And so we prayed. And then, okay, all right, man, here's the Bible. Here's the verses. I want you to go home now, and I want you to lead your wife to Christ. I can do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Brandon leaves. He goes home, and then later that night, I get a call. I find out from his wife. She calls me and tells you the rest of the story. Brandon walks in. And she said, she, I saw it on his face. And I was mad. I was like, you did it without me, didn't you? <laughs> and then he goes, no, 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 listen, Pastor Steve, he said that I could save you. <laughs> kind of, technically, kind of, it's just, you know, all right. And so Brandon, with his wife, his Bible and these verses on their knees in their living room, a man only saved for an hour or two, leads his wife to Christ. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? It is. They were here last night, got to celebrate them. So the thing about this is everything I just wrote out for you, for some of you, you need to receive this gift. For some of you, you're like, okay, I want to be able to share this gift. And it's like, I just don't, I don't want to mess it up though. I want to know, make sure I do it right, Steve, like you did. I want to do it right. Well, a few years back, we put together a card that you could have in your wallet, in your purse, at any time, you know, you could go to those scriptures and help somebody. Well, we got new and improved now for you. I saw some of y'all were like scurrying to write it down. You're good. We've got the Milestone app now that's out where you can watch messages, you can join a small group, you know all this stuff, but also you can click a button on here and pull up all those things I just shared with you. So at any moment right there on your phone, you can share the gospel with somebody because I believe God's gonna put that person in your life. I love lifestyle evangelism. I love loving people into the kingdom. But at some point, when you're beside somebody that's drowned, and you've got to throw them that life ring. And that life ring is the good news. And you've got it right here now in your phone. It's in all the different app stores. You can download that. Would you bow your heads now and pray with me? As you bow your head, I want you just to think, if I gave you a ticket, a ticket to heaven, you've already got yours, but if I gave you a ticket to heaven, and you could give this ticket to anybody in your life that you want to take to heaven with you. You know that right now their, their path is not leading them there. But if you gave them this ticket, man, they had spent eternity in heaven with you. Who would that person be? We've talked about a lot of things, and I'm trying to motivate you in different ways, but now I'm not playing fair. I want you to think, who would that person be? There are 7 billion people in the earth, almost, but that one person is a person that God has put on your heart. And I believe that God's given you a burden for them. And I believe that as you're partnering in his mission in the earth, that he's going to use you in a significant way in this person's life. So I want to pray for that person right now with you. Jesus, we pray for the people that are on the top of our hearts, God. People that we love the dearest, that we desire the most for them to be saved of their sin and spend eternity with you. To know the fullness, the joy of a relationship with you, Jesus. And so God, we pray for them right now. God, we pray, Lord, that you're by your Holy Spirit drawing them in to a relationship with you. You're putting people in their path. And God, I pray for how our paths cross. I pray how you're gonna use us. Give us the courage, the boldness. Give us the resolve to commit to really pray for them daily until we see them in your kingdom. Another group I wanna pray for here, are those of you who are ready to receive that gift. I've outlined it there and you're like, I, I, okay, I get it now. I, I, I wanna receive that. It's a gift you receive by faith. 
I don't know if you're ever 100% sure, but if you're 60%, I say, okay, it's time to take that leap of faith. I want you right now just to confess your mouth. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. I want to make you the Lord of my life personally. I believe that you died for my sins and you want to have a relationship with me. And so right now, Jesus, I, I want to receive you into my life. And right now as you're receiving, what happened is the most awesome thing ever is he's coming living inside of you and saving you. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in this place, in our community. Continue to express your heart through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 